Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the first team. I am Joe DeLeon. Joining me as always is my good friend and NFL draft analyst, Ryan Roberts. Today, we are going to be talking about the top performers from the entire week at the Senior Bowl. The third day of practices wrapped up uh, today on Thursday. So we're going to be breaking down, sharing our guys at each individual position group that we thought really shined and had really, really good weeks. Ryan, Let's start with the offensive line because it seems like they were the premier group this week. They were the biggest, yep. uh, you know, they had the biggest spotlight, if you will, for good and bad reasons. We got to see a lot of really good athletes, a lot of really stout players. I'll let you start us off here first. Who is your offensive lineman that you think had the best week at the 2024 Senior Bowl? It was such a hard one, man. I had three guys written down, Joe, and it was like a jockeying for positioning, man. Like, but like there were a You're lot gonna of You're going to name really all three of them, aren't you? I'm not going to. I might name drop them at the end if we have a little bit of time, but like it was it was just making the point that this was a really good offensive line class down in Mobile, Alabama. There were a lot of really good players. I would have to if you ask me who was the absolute best in my opinion, it would be even though he didn't practice day 3, it would be Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon, the center. I, I just look, I thought that we were going to come into this week and have a Zach Frazier versus Jackson Powers Johnson debates. And, you know, I, obviously this isn't going to change my evaluation. I'm still very high on Zach Frazier, obviously, but Jackson Powers Johnson did so much this week that I have to be very honest with you guys. And this is what verification process happens here. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch Jackson a little bit more because he was even better than I thought he was. Was I had a firm second round grade on him? I, I I find it hard to believe if he is what if he put on film nearly what I saw this week in Mobile. I find it hard to believe that he's going to get out of the first rounds. I mean, he was first and foremost. He keeps a great base all the time. He's always square to the line of scrimmage and subtle really good foot quickness man like he was just moving incredibly well laterally and pass protection felt like he didn't lose a he felt like he didn't lose a rep all week so jackson powers johnson 339 pounds center by trade but also played guard this week and i thought he looked pretty dang good at guard as well probably the the top interior offensive lineman here by a decent margin this week so yeah, it was cool getting to see him play center and guard this week, which was awesome yep. to to really paint that picture that he has versatility. Originally, he was a guard at Oregon, and I, I agree with everything you said there. He was my pick as well. Just a really good basis that he shows up with on every single play, and that was what stood out yep. to me when I watched his film and why I had him as my top center is that the base was just always so good inconsistent he's got a really good upper body strength as well and in all these reps man he just mirrored so well he kept guys in front of him he kept wide footing and just was so so strong and consistent so it, it makes a lot of sense and I think the best example there was one rep where Michael Hall Jr. who's a really twitched up guy really fast quick interior defensive lineman tries to spin on him and Jackson Powers Johnson <laughs> yeah. counters and catches him which I think is just really good proof that is his instincts his awareness all that stuff uh, you know, just it, it's on a completely different level. It, it probably showed that Jackson was doing a little bit of uh, studying 
going into day two yeah, maybe. as well because my, Michael Hall hit a six spin on who, who was it? Yeah, it was a mission. It was um, was Ladarius Henderson. During yeah, the first day, I might believe might have been. It was or Trevor Keegan. I think it might have been Trevor Keegan. It was one of the Michigan guys though. But he had a vicious spin cycle on him, and then day two. I mean, like you said, he erased him. And I know you said he played guard at Oregon earlier in his career. He played. He obviously played center this past year and was an all pack selection, all American selection. Joe, I don't know if you heard the story, but he also apparently played one game at defensive line <laughs> as a true freshman out of necessity. Wow. <laughs> so pretty versatile player, man. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool to kind of learn a little bit of the backstory there about Jackson. Bet online remains your top spot for all of your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for fifty percent off your first deposit. That is a fifty percent welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. All right, I'm going to throw my first defensive lineman out there. I, I was I was grappling with Gabe Hall and potentially okay. mentioning him and I, I I was really thinking about it. But I, I gotta go with Lietu Latu just for the the fact that he's so technically sound. And I know that the you know the first day we kind of said let's try not to just like really hone in on the big names, <laughs> but we we kind of have to do that for this show. He, a number of times, reminded us of the fact that maybe he's not the most premier athlete of the group, but if we look at every single edge rusher that was at the Senior Bowl, there isn't a single one that is on the same level as him or even close to him from just a technical standpoint. His counters to his initial moves when those don't work, his understanding of uh, leverage and how to properly orient himself, I think is just really promising for him as a draft prospect, I don't know if he's done enough to really become that top edge prospect. The medicals might get in the way here with him. And I mean, also, let's be honest here, Dallas Turner and Jared Verse might have some crazy testing numbers that are much more twitched up that might help them out. But still, Lietu Latu, I thought just really went to work with that lunch pail type mentality. I know it's such a stupid draft cliche, but he just went to work. He grinded guys out and he found ways to win reps. That's what he did at UCLA as well. I mean, he is just a, he's probably the highest floor pass rusher in this draft, right? Because he just has not only a great pass rush repertoire, yeah. but he also has, he has, he has a million counters off of everything he does. And he has a great innate understanding of when to hit certain counters, when to work back inside, when to, you know, hit a club rip, work, in, work back to the inside track. Like he just has a really innate understanding of how to string moves together, which is a pretty rare thing. He was on my shortlist, Joe. I ended up deferring to Darius Robinson, who we talked about for yesterday mm. from Missouri. 6'4 plus, 280 plus pounds, 34 plus inch arms. I talked about it a little bit. 2022, he played a lot more inside for Mizzou. Didn't really love the film. I thought he was a little bit out of place inside. I just didn't love the, the ability for him to work at the point of attack consistently. Didn't love the hand uses that year. But this year for the Tigers, they used him strictly pretty much as a outside pass rusher, as a defensive end. And he's just so much more comfortable from that alignment, man. Like the wider he goes, he looks more and more comfortable, which is kind of rare for a kid that is 285 pounds. I mean, like you just don't see that a ton, but he was just winning constantly because that kid is twitched up. 
He's explosive. He can ins- inside counters, but also he's pretty flexible and pretty bendy for a guy his size as well. So he can win the outside track a little bit at times. Th- this kid made a lot himself a lot of money, Joe. And I think that, look, I'm not ready to call him a first round. I'm not really ready to predict that he's going to go in the first rounds, but this is the type of, this is the type of profile that typically does end up rising that high because you yeah. just don't see a lot of athletes that look like him that move like him, right? So Darius Robinson, I thought, had a great week. Uh, honorable mention to Adisa Isaac. I know you don't want me to throw an extra uh, guy. He's not his uh, really good no, You literally kidding. just threw somebody in before this. You literally just threw somebody in on the last one, I think. You I did. know, yeah. I know. I'm being, yeah. I'm being so you're sneaking, a, guys, man. You're sneaking. I'm being a, a, a dickhead. Uh, the, let, me, <laughs> let me throw in a uh, move on here to defensive backs. I mean, we have the same guy. It's Quinion Mitchell. I'm. The, I would be completely you know stunned that? if you didn't. How, how do you know that? You would have that? to be, uh, <laughs> you know, needing eye surgery on top of your glasses <laughs> if you weren't going to come here and say Quinion Mitchell. I think everybody and their mother knows that Quinion Mitchell was the best performer at the Senior Bowl this whole this whole entire week. I mean, the guy was just unbelievable. His <laughs> foot quickness, his mobility, his hip mobility that showed up in these drills and then like the just the play strength was was phenomenal I, I don't think anyone locked anyone down as consistently as he did and he just continually dominated uh on every single rep that he was on the field I made a claim yesterday that I thought would be maybe a little bit of a controversial one I know that you agreed with me but just in general yeah, I don't I think it's controversial he was the best player in Mobile this week, Joe. I mean, he was. Yeah. From start to finish, Quinion Mitchell barely lost a rep. He was just, he looked at times like he was toying with dudes, man, because he's just so controlled, such great vision. And he also really, the change of direction and the ability for him to win with the football in the air as a defensive back and not panic. That's where a lot of guys get in trouble. I looked. I looked to the 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 rep that really signified his week for me was the deep, I think it was a deep post that Brandon Rice ran against Quinion Mitchell. Right, you know the rep I'm talking about, where it looked like Quinion was jogging the entire yeah. way and nonchalantly plucks the football out of the air for an interception. It's just like I. He makes everything look so easy. You know why he look, makes everything look easy? Because he's got good straight line speed. He's got really good shit area quickness. And he's played a lot of football over the last couple years. And he's been tested. I This kid's a first-round pick all day, every day. I've been mocking him at the end of first rounds, Joe. I wouldn't be shocked. And here's my claim. Here's another take, I guess. Top 20 pick Quinion Mitchell come April. Top 20 in this draft, potentially. I, I think that it's going to happen. Would it shock you if he's not number one corner and drafted? Would it shock you? Yes, that would that would shock I me. I don't I, I don't think be. it. I okay. I he's a good football player, but I I think at the end of the day, Nate Wiggins, Quillian McKinstry, and Tyrion Arnold are just a little bit better than he, him and played with a lot. Yeah, you know, we've got a lot more tape of those guys facing really good competition. So I I can't yep. get into that boat. That's a little too for too much for me. I would say this. I would say this. Quinion Mitchell is not going to be my highest rated corner in this class. But I'm telling you right now that if he ended up being the first corner selected, though, more predictive than my actual analysis, I would not be shocked is all I'm saying. This feels a little Devin Witherspoon-ish to me. A little bit. Because you remember this time last year, people really liked Devin Witherspoon. But then the entirety of the process finally was like, he's CB1. Like, he's number one. He's the number one guy now. He was kind of jockeying with some dudes. I'm just, don't be shocked. 
if when we come in April and hit then Quinion, Nate Wiggins, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Tyrion Arnold, and the whole gamut are on the board, if someone doesn't go, I want that kid that was at the senior bowl that I saw that went to the combine and ran four three something and dominated every top wide receiver you threw a, in front of him down in Mobile, Alabama. I just wouldn't be shocked if it happens. Would not I, be. I, I did throw into it, did a quick write-up that's supposed to drop on the the Believe site that um, I said in there that Quinion had the best week out of anybody. And then the last little sentence I threw in there is, and as he comes around to the combine, you know, that's kind of the next phase here where he's going to continue to move up. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't end up testing at an unbelievable level and then ends up being uh, a top 15 pick he, when it's all said and done. He, and I know we got to move on to the next group, but he for, he for scouts this past spring, last spring, he ran between 4.38 and 4.42 when they visited Toledo. So a guy's going to run fast. And I, mm. I know the, the former DPP of Toledo that's actually down at University of Louisiana now, um, Rick, Ricky Saccone, he, he has informed me before, and I don't think this is like hidden information, but he's probably going to be a 40-plus inch guy in the vert as well. Like He's going to test wow. outrageous, man. I just would not be shocked if he checks another box in, in Indianapolis. Linebackers a little bit of a weird one because like none of the linebackers yep. really like excited me that much. I, I'm just going to throw out there. There were a couple of reps I watched during coverage plays. Amaris Loifal. I thought he looks nice. I, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the top performer in the linebackers. I, I don't <laughs> think I have anyone. I don't know about you. I don't really have anyone. I think that Maris Loifal, though, as we talked about the other day, long athlete, good athlete, maybe somebody who could make a little bit of ground up in that back-end group of the linebackers where it's not a super sexy class. There's not a lot of really talented names in the grouping. So if somebody does end up making some of that ground up, maybe it's the guy with the freakishly long arms and um, you know, really, really good close down speed. I think that I think that Louis Fowl is a, a name to bring up the Notre Dame linebacker. I, so um, I actually talked to a, a a scout about this, Joe, about Maris Louis Fowl, and he put out a we a pretty interesting comp, Frankie Luvu that plays for the Carolina Panthers. He's kind of and he's been very productive, obviously, for the Panthers the last two years. But he's kind of like a situational player in the sense that. He moves all over the place. He's going to blitz for multiple spots, come off the edge at times. He's going to lock up against you know big, big t- uh, tight ends or big slots at times as well. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife on the second level, and I think that that's perfect for Maris. Like I don't trust Maris Loifal as a pure read and react inside linebacker to make a ton of plays inside. I just don't. But if I simplify his role in the sense of Maris, this is your job every single play. You're blitzing from this side. I'm going to automatically get you downhill. I'm going to put you in man-to-man at times because you're a good athlete with length. I just think doing those situational things would make him very successful. I wrote down Peyton Wilson, Joe. I wouldn't say that Peyton had a yeah. great week, but like he didn't I really thought he was pop, good, though. But like I just knew he was there. You know, that's where I, I, I'm coming from. He didn't really I gain thought, anything for me because nothing changed. Like yeah. I just know who Peyton Wilson is. That's why right. I didn't go with him. I, I thought I thought he just kind of checked the box this week. I don't think he put an exclamation mark next to the box, but I thought he was good, right? Like he was good, especially the second and third day. Like I thought he played well. And then I think it was the second day he had the GPS tracking stuff and he ran something pretty dang good, right? So mm-hmm. I think just athletically, he looked apart. You could see the potential. Did he pop the way that I wanted him necessarily to pop? Not not really, but like he wasn't bad either, right? Like he, it's not like he disappointed. He just 
didn't quite live up to lofty expectations, but I still thought he was good. And to your point, I just don't think there was a lot of great linebackers this week. Like I thought you mentioned the the Watson kid from Mississippi State after day one. Yeah. Like he showed a little bit, but yeah. then I watched him on day two and I was like, he looked like he's he got stuck in yeah, mud. Well, I lost him after that. Coverages. Like, yeah. So I'll go with Peyton Wilson a little bit by default, but I actually thought he did have a solid to good week. Like it was it was solid. Rock solid. Quarterback for me. Yep. Kind of similar to the linebackers where I feel like nobody really separated. Um Guys disappointed, Sam, if anything. I wouldn't even say yeah, like, like say, disappointed a little bit. Yeah, if anything, there was more drop off. Like Sam Hartman, man, was had a really, really tough time a little bit on some of the some of the plays that he made. There, I, I there thought was he was one good the first two days, though. I thought he was. Yeah, today good was ro- there was one play in yeah. seven on seven where he had like a wide open guy and he threw just the worst duck I've ever seen, and it wasn't even a <laughs> deep throw. And I was just like, oh come on, Sam, I'm rooting for you here. Like just <laughs> put a little bit more on it. But I, I don't want to be too negative here. Yep. I think that the guy, though, who stood out a little bit more than the rest was Michael Penix. Not really <laughs> like consistent. Michael Penix from Washington was not like a down-to-down sniper. This was not a guy right. who showed up on every single rep and was really clean. This is not a, you know, a Daniel Jones type of ascension during the Senior Bowl week where everyone's losing their mind or Justin Herbert where everyone's like, wow, look how clean this guy's been. Uh, I think that what we got from him, though, is just the reminder of how he can deliver the ball into tight windows and how he's just so pretty pushing the ball to the sideline. Like the stuff that he does is unreal. Uh, And I also feel like a guy like him has a lot to gain from just meeting with these teams. We don't know. The biggest thing with the quarterbacks, and I said this on a radio spot earlier. The quarterback's on-field performance to me doesn't really matter too much unless you completely shit your pants. It really, at the end of the day, this event for the quarterbacks is how those conversations with the teams that are interested in drafting you go and how those off-the-field interactions are because they want to understand how you command the respect of the room, how do you rally the troops on the field and whatnot. That's the stuff that we're not going to be privy to unless we ask a scout who they think. Sure. I would say this is that I think that Michael Penix had some of the more wow throws of the week is kind of what I'm as how I would portray it. Yes. Like he, yeah, I think so. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that said in the booth. I, I can't remember if it was him or if it was Charles Davis, but someone had said that he he is a really gifted thrower from compromised platforms, which basically means when his feet aren't set or he's fading off his back foot, like he still has enough juice in his arm to be able to get into some very you know, tough spots for a lot of guys. So I thought he did pretty well. I will say this, Joe. I thought Bo Nix bad the first two days. I did think he was good on day three, though. But yeah. I, he's not going to be my pick, though. My pick is Michael Pratt from Tulane. I, I knew that. I was just coming. thought he was. I thought he was most solid through three days, right? Like I thought he was just pretty yeah. good first day. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, but the that's, that's day, what we know with Michael day, Pratt you know? is that the guy's just right. like he's so consistent and he's so freaking steady. Yeah. So like that's the reality of it. Uh, he he looked like he was the uh, Hartman had it the first two days as well. In the fact that I felt like Pratt really assimilated to everything a lot quicker, you know, like he really got the timing down a little bit more. He seemed a little bit more in command than maybe a couple of the other quarterbacks. He seemed calm, which is good. Right. And I think that he does have a pretty good arm. I think he delivered a, a pretty pass. I think that he had good pocket maneuverability this week as well. Like you could tell that he was just a little bit more comfortable hanging in. That's one of my favorite things about Michael Pratt's film is that he is a tough dude in the pocket, man. Like he will get knocked in the mouth, but he'll still stick in there. He's still sticking there. So I think the pocket presence combined with the calmness 
is kind of what sold me on Michael Pratt this week. Running back, I, I was another one I was grappling with. I think I would have actually gone with Ali from Marshall, but I'm the still going with Rashid Ali. I, I'm still I know that you are, Ali. and we're, we're going to talk about it. I want to bring up Dylan yep. uh, Laube. I, these damn commentators messed up my pronunciation. <laughs> Dylan Lob. I'm saying Lob. I don't care. They, they, the, Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, and Andrew Siciliano. I heard like three were different pronunciations this week, man. Lob. Three different ones. Dylan Lob, the New Hampshire running yep. back, I think opened yep. my eyes because you and I had talked about this before where he's not like a really tough kid for a running back. You want to see a guy that's going to power through contact and that's going to get a little yep. physical in the nitty gritty areas where you want him to. And doesn't really yep. do that. Didn't do that at UNH, which is surprising because you, normally you expect from these UNH running backs to be physical. And from having played against kid. UNH in college, I got to see yep. those guys up close. But I kind of started to realize this week when they were having him run all of these routes and they were asking him to play slot receiver. I don't, he, you know, he's not going to be an every down running back. And I think that what was solidified is that this is a really quick footed, shifty guy who changes direction really well and is going to create separation as a route runner. And I think a team is going to draft him somewhere on day three and is going to have a player that brings him in on third down, can motion him into the slot, can have him run routes out of the backfield. You're not going to ask him to block because there's no shot that he's going to do a good job of that. And you're going to have him return kicks. Those are all the things that I think you get with a Dylan Lobb. Um, I, I think he's just a strong football player that, that could be a, you know, a little bit of a, a space eater. Space a lot killer, of James sorry. White, uh, oh, space killer, yeah, space eater. He's a defensive tackle now. Uh, James White, <laughs> James White's a name that comes to mind when you think about that role, right? Like James White yeah. is not going to be a every down runner. He was not going to be a guy that was going to push piles, but he was a specialized passing game weapon at the running back position and was about 5'10", 200 to two hundred five pounds, which is kind of where Dylan Lobs right around. So I do think there's a role for him. I'm still going to pick Rasheen Ali for this, and it pains me to say, running back out of Marshall, Joe, I thought he was the best running back through two days. Like I just I thought agree. he was. Unfortunately, ruptured <sighs> biceps so, tendon. Is, is I'm treating this as like a, a like a DNQ, like it did not qualify, where like I think it yeah. fits, but because at the end of the day, him getting hurt mm-hmm. in this like erases all the good work that he just did in a way, because he's not going to get to go to the combine and like. I, know, I don't know how long four to six I, months. He was, he was going to recovery he, timeline for four to six months is the timeline. Yeah, he should be ready. Uh, it says that he should be ready for the 2024 season, though, with that timeline. But training camp? Or, well, not for, not training camp. No, no, probably not. But that sucks, I, man. I, I know, man, because Joe, what was the worst part is that he was probably going to test really well at Indianapolis. Yeah. I think I think he was going to test really well because that kid's got some juice, man. and got some short area quickness. I. I loved everything I saw from that young man this week. I, I, I honestly feel for him, man, because I think that I, I came into the week and I was, and this was my claim. That's the day three running back that I want this year. That's him right there. But now, not only are you dealing with this injury, he also missed an entire season like two years ago due to another injury. I think it was a separate injury than what he's dealing with now. But regardless, the medicals matter in these things, man. They do. And now he's had two like significant injuries at this point. And just feel very disappointed for the young man because, again, through two days, 
I thought he was best running back in attendance. I really thought Rasheen Ali was fantastic. So I'm just very, yeah. very disappointed that it had to end the way it ended. But he was still a, a tremendous performer for the time opportunities he got this week. It was such a random gut punch in the middle of the broadcast. And they <laughs> just were like, oh, yeah, this guy's out. It was like nonchalant, wasn't it? Like, oh, yeah, Rashid Ali's out. Like, okay. Oh, okay. All right. I was too excited about him. Too much much airtime talking about Brendan Rice and Luke McCaffrey, I guess. We couldn't fit in a little uh, actual injury news, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Wide receiver. I'm going with Brendan Rice from USC. Just kidding. I don't pick (laughs) guys who take eight seconds to run around. Uh, I I do think, though, man, wide receiver for me, I, I think that there were a lot of guys who we knew were going to do well, which we talked about on day yeah. one, because the, the one-on-one drills are set up for these quick shifty guys to just, you know, move in and out of, uh, in and out of those cuts so easily to run their routes really cleanly. But yeah. I, I got to go with Lad McConkey from Georgia. I, I really think that Lad McConkey just was really solid all week long. And the one thing that sticks out for me is not the fact that he created easy separation on his route running. I knew he was going to do that. It is advantageous for the receivers as we've talked about. But to yep. see his body control and his concentration catching the football just reminded me of the fact that this guy is going to be a really good slot receiver in the NFL. He is going to be a really yeah. important player that could develop into a, a quarterback's best friend that just ends up being like the dump off guy. I, if there is a guy on day two that ends up being like really productive in the NFL, I think it could be Lyle McConkey. I, I think he's just a really solid football player. I had two I'm not saying like down. Cooper Cup. Yeah productive Meh. sorry i'm in, i'm sure i i'm just saying like a good thousand yards sorry go ahead i got you man no no you're good i he was one of the two guys i had written down i was gonna probably say lad if i would have went first but i want to throw a shout out to jabari thrash who is the former georgia georgia state wide receiver was a dominant jabari. player for them what did i say what did i say jabari what did i say you said jabari it's jamari Jamari Thrash. Oh, okay. My bad. So I'm just, I just want to, people get mad about name stuff. So I just want to, okay. Run. I'm sorry. Jamari Thrash, Georgia State, multiple years there, transferred, of course, his final year for Louisville. I remember seeing him for the Notre Dame game, was, uh, was studying him a little bit. And I was like, dang, man, that kid's stop starts really good. He's got really good acceleration, good attention to detail as a route runner. And I thought that all showed up this week in Mobile. I mean, he's a little bit of a slender guy. He's only, you know, sub six foot, hair under six foot. He's 180-something pounds, a little bit of a thin-framed guy. But as a modern Z receiver that you can get off the line of scrimmage a little bit, do some short motions, maximize release points, I think that kid has a chance to be a very legitimate secondary weapon on the next level. Yeah. I don't think he's a number one receiver, but if you told me he was a really good number three or maybe even a low-end wide receiver two, I think that he has a profile that translates well to the modern game. So Jamari Thrash, excuse me, Louisville. I just want to make sure it was right. I, I, I sometimes people get upset over names, so just want to. Make I, sure I mean, if they right. if they heard our I'm show yesterday, you. I'm saving would, you. I'm correcting it, you. It, it, <laughs> if, if you heard our show yesterday, you would have heard Joe talk about Ryan Rosengarten and um, who? Well, you who, corrected who the other me. Guy? You corrected me. So that yeah, I know. Uh, the, I, know. I forget what the other one was that I said. Wait, what was it? <laughs> I'm looking at this. The, I don't know. The guy I had a list written down. I'm trying to remember who I might have messed up. I don't know who it was. It's all right. Regardless. 
Yeah. Uh, tight end to wrap us up. It's Theo Johnson. Theo Johnson. I mean, I, Theo Johnson. I'm all yeah. in on Theo Johnson after James Franklin yeah. quote tweeted me. I, in actuality, his social media manager quote tweeted me. Um, <laughs> he has no idea that, that that tweet interaction even happened. He but has no idea what Twitter is. No idea what ex- Twitter ex- is. Yeah. yeah, the quote, if you go to his feed, it's really funny. If you go to his Twitter feed, um, yeah. after it happened, I clicked into it. He quote tweeted my thing with just hashtag we are. His whole feed is him just quote tweeting stuff with hashtag, hashtag we are. Hashtag we are. Hashtag we are. It, it's so funny. I got a kick out of that. That he's if he's the one doing it, it makes it even funnier. It's hilarious. But it's clearly yeah. just some some uh, some GA who's who's doing it. Theo Johnson though, yeah. You put me on to him, and I felt so stupid not really like knowing him when we talked about tight ends last week with a with a mailbag question. And yep. I, I'm all in on him. This is tight end three. Uh, I mean, he might even challenge for tight end two if he goes to the combine and puts some some crazy numbers up. This is a really just linearly explosive athlete who changes direction so, so well. I think that he is going to be a, a really nice weapon in the NFL. You heard the Mike Gusecki comparison brought up on the broadcast, but I would argue I he that. changes direction so much better than, than what Mike Gusecki did. And uh, yeah. I have to also add in there, some idiot on on Twitter, I told you this, was like, I, I said that not many tight ends in the NFL can <laughs> change direction and move the way that Theo John- Johnson does because that's true. A lot of tight ends yep. in the NFL are boats. They do not <laughs> move that easily. And some guys are like, I can name 20. And I said, name 20 tight ends and I'll admit I'm Did wrong. Did he name 20? Did he name no, them? didn't say shit. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody in the comments wants to give it a shot, though, I'm more than down to to, to read your work. But uh, yeah, are we on uh, the same page, though, here? It sounds like Theo Johnson. Yeah, it was Theo. I, I I did like a little bit of, you know, what a couple other, like Brevin Span Ford, I thought was solid this week, right? Yeah. Like there were a couple. Yeah. I, I thought the Wiley Benson, kid, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree. There was definitely some flashes there. I thought Ben Sinnott got off to a little bit of a slow start, but picked it up by day three. But yeah, I mean, it was Theo Johnson. I mean, that kid is the most underutilized player by his respective team, probably of any pass catcher that was in Mobile. I mean, the fact that he barely had over 300 yards this past year, I know he was battling with a little bit of an injury at one point, but that kid's a 6'6", 250-something pound athlete that is going to run potentially in the high four fours at the combine ran four, five, one electric while he was at Penn state. So the fact that he came and did what he did, I, I think that he is a perfect candidate, Joe. And again, I hate this cliche because I think it's usually wrong, but he is the perfect candidate to be a better pro than he was a college player. I think it's definitely in his wheelhouse. I will also love to throw in there. We do this obnoxiously sometimes when a guy has a big season as a rookie we always go who's this year's so-and-so Theo Johnson could be next year's Sam Laporta man like a guy that just was not really used nobody totally knows who he is and then hey man Sam Laporta was a a very productive player for Iowa he was very productive he he was Was he was like over 600 yards his last year yeah man he was good for Iowa You, yeah, just don't Iowa, that, so. you were just mad because you had to watch Spencer Petras throw the football all the time. Like it was ugly, that is, but yeah, man, Laporta was good. He was a good player. Man, 670 yards, three touchdowns. I, t- I told you, you know. I watched it, man. I watched it. Yeah. Oh uh, I mean, no, it's say, sorry, it's 657 and one touchdown. That was his, I mean, his junior I mean, year. Still over 600 yards, a good good number by a tight end. It's a good number. At Jody Leon, at Rising Draft. 
Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Do not miss out. And if you want to drop a comment below, let us know who you think had a really good week, who you're excited about in the NFL. Thanks for tuning in as always. We'll be back with more. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.